And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even? Your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. <laughs> your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year, band of 12 plus 6 here. Fast PP. Top rookie, I'm saying it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum. Fournier. Brown, we off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date. You heard? <laughs> AJ, I, I see you, player. She. Welcome to the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I am joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic, Jay King, ladies and gentlemen. And we are coming to you a little bit earlier in the week, but we're going to, we are still giving you pod once a week. But Jay King, important man, has things to do for the rest of the week. And so, you know what? Instead of talking about the same eight to nine different topics we talk about every week, we're going to lock in. We're going to really focus in on free agency speculation. Jay King for The Athletic, which you can read if you're a subscriber now. You can go uh, to theathletic.com slash anything is potable uh, and sign up to. Talked about the five point guards the Celtics could target uh, this summer in free agency. Now, this is just because everyone seems to think that the Celtics need to get a point guard. We've talked about this. I'm not sure why that is. But me and you, Jay, we're going we're gonna to pick. I've decided to make this a game. I've decided to make this a segment. Let's um, make it a game. So I think they. I think we've agreed that a point guard is a possible to, uh, target for them. I also think we've agreed that power forward is a, a possible target for them. So I took the five guys from your list. I created a, a little bit oh, – you're headbanging right now. I don't really know what to do with that. Um, I added some power forwards to the list, so I thought we're in the Celtics price Ooh, range. T- today's my power forward story. I'm writing it right now. So that'll, that'll go- mesh well with what I'm working on. All right. Me and you, we're going to pick – I think we each should pick our, our top five targets for the, for the Boston Celtics heading in Ooh. to free agency. I even created – look at this. Look at this. Pow! Free agent Ooh. power rankings. Look at that. Ooh, some power rankings for the for the crew. If people want to watch on YouTube, we're doing we do all of our podcasts now live on the YouTubes, uh, so you can see Jay looking metal as hell. You can see my um, fire Ben Coates throwback jersey, and you can see the yeah, shout out to Victor who's listening in from Brazil. Shout out to Victor. 
Uh, but we are doing the free agent power ranking. So on the list, on your top five uh, free agent point guards, you had TJ McConnell, Patty Mills, Raul Neto, Wanamaker, Ish Smith. For power forwards, I uh, added my own list of Bielitsa, Markeith Morris, Carmelo Anthony, old friend Shemi Ojale, Kelly the Clinic Olinic, or Georges Niang. Is there anyone nope. who I'm missing? Yeah, definitely. Um, Rudy Gay. Ooh. Otto Porter. You think they're really going to be able to sign Otto Porter for the mid-level? I mean, Otto Porter was not very good this past season. It's possible that he's still outpriced for the Celtics, but it's not like he's coming off a good season. He was not in the best shape this past season. That's fair. I probably – I was just looking through, like, to make this list available for agents, and it was sorted by this year's salary – and so I probably just saw him at the top of the list. It's like, oh, he makes $18 million. There's no way the Celtics are going to be able to get him, but and eh, then they probably can. One other I would throw on there, Nicholas Batum. Batum's another one. I just kind of assumed that he was going to um, re-sign with the Clippers. but Yeah, but they don't have his bird rights. They, they would probably have to offer him the taxpayer mid-level exception, which would be what the Celtics are offering him. Um and who, who knows? He probably will stay with the Clippers. That was a great situation for him. But especially with the Kawhi uncertainty and, you know, their their salary situation, you never know. You never do. I like Especially with Kawhi, he's not going to probably play next year. Um, but the Clippers have a lot of money uh, dedicated to a lot of different guys. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But we're not here to talk about the Clippers. We're here to talk about the Celtics. Jay? You are the kid that got the legend. You, I will give you first – I guess it's not picks because I think we could pick the same guys uh, to do one through five. But who would be your number one free agent target if you were the Boston Celtics? I like this. Um, Rudy Gay. Ooh, Rudy Gay. Rudy Edrin. Gay. I'm going with Rudy Gay. I think the way that he has evolved – just kind of really fits the Celtics. He has become a high-volume three-point shooter. He's become a, a pretty good three-point shooter, and he's 6'8", 250, and could play the power forward position, give them more size and shooting and defense. I just think he checks a whole lot of boxes when when you look at what they need, and especially for the, the price range they'll be looking at. And... So Rudy Gay, to me, would be, like, pretty good fit. Yeah. How long? He's been in San Antonio for a while now, so he definitely has some overlap Many moons. with uh, Many e- moons. with Ime. So uh, it'd be interesting if there's, like, a relationship there that could affect that. He's a veteran presence, which you like. He's probably not going to be that expensive because of his age. And he just gives you that kind of – I mean, Rudy Gay, when he came into the league, was, like, the, the exact, like, three. He was a small forward. And it's just funny how the league has shifted. Now it's like he's your perfect power forward uh, just in today's NBA. Yeah, and he's he's like a very – gives you versatility and size. And I think the Celtics need both of those things. And then he combines it with shooting. So he really does a lot of the things the Celtics need. And for a guy that probably won't come with a huge price tag, it he would just make a lot of sense. It's a solid first pick. Um 
I can't pick it first because uh, that's not how podcasting works. We got to. Uh, As William Jones says, Rudy going to be out of our price range. That's possible. Um, the, the guys interest- like guys like him are in demand, but he's old enough that maybe. <laughs> May, like the but thing that is- would be my first target. Like if we're ranking targets, you, you got to go after guys that that might be too rich for you. And the thing is, we don't know what the Celtics price range is going to be yet because we don't know what they're going to do with Fournier. I think I'm working under the assumption that they're going to re-sign Fournier and have to play the taxpayer mid-level, which I think is only around like $5 million, so a little bit less. But you know what? This is pure speculation. Like, no, it's, it's more than 5 I think it's 5.9. Ooh, sorry, Mr. Technical, Mr. Journalist with the details. What, what Patriots jersey you got it there ben, right now? Ben Coates, baby. Ooh, Ben Coates. That's ben even Winter better Coates. than I expected. The original, the original tight end. He was Gronk before Gronk. I thought Everyone it would, go I out thought there it would and be watch. Like, like Drew Bledsoe, for sure. Drew Bledsoe or Curtis Martin were the obvious uh, picks. I was a huge Terry Glenn guy. I was going to say, out. Terry Glenn would have been probably one of the best options. Willie McGinnis would have been a great one. My cousin has a, a fire Willie McGinnis jersey from back in the day. I was so like when they drafted Terry Glenn, I was so excited. I was like, it's going to be the receiver of the future for the Patriots. Never really worked out. Bill Parcells, I think, referred to him as she multiple times in the media. Uh, it's kind of a toxic situation, but uh, I was always a huge Terry Glenn fan. But no, this is this is Ben Coates. I, Robert Edwards is a, would be another good one. I would have been early on that, that bandwagon. Michael uh, Bishop would have been absolute fire. Brady or Bishop, that that's a that was a good good sports talk radio debate for a solid year. <laughs> My first pick, uh, Rudy Gay is a good one. I saw someone in the comments mention Jeff Green. For some reason, I also think Jeff Green is just going to go right back to the Nets, just because if you have that kind of collection of talent, uh, it doesn't, and you're going to take like a kind of a, a vet minimum contract. Yeah, Tony is the Jeff Green whisperer. Yeah, so I like I like the talent of Jeff Green, but um, I just don't I just don't see him being really available. I have a tough one with my first pick. I lo- like the Rudy selection. I also think they need to go power forward. I don't know if he's going to be in our price range, but I just like George's Niang. Local guy from Methuen can do a little bit of playmaking. It gives you that size, that power forward has gotten a little bit better as a shooter is progressing. Um, mostly he gave me an interview when before he got drafted because he worked with my boy Nick Friedman, who was all over the Sports Center Instagram recently. Had to shout that out. But I just I'm also just a big fan of his game. I think he gave a lot of good backup minutes to Utah um, this year, and so I like the idea of bringing uh, him home. But he, I think he does a lot of the things you were looking for. It just being like size, moves the basketball, and can shoot pretty well. I say that not can, knowing can what he, he hold up defensively well enough. Because to me, I don't know. Is, I, to be honest, I don't know enough about George's Niang's like defensive. I, I like his game a lot. I've been a huge Niang guy since he was in high school. Um, but to me, the biggest thing for the Celtics this offseason is repairing their defense. They have to find a way to become an elite defense again. And I think they have, by moving Kemba, that will be on that front an addition by subtraction. If you start smart and play a whole bunch of big dudes who can defend, like, and by big I mean like big and long, not like big and slow, like like the Celtics did sometimes last year. Um, and I don't know if Niang fits that, but all the offensive stuff, he'd be a great fit. 
he shot only on 1.7 attempts per game, but did shoot 42% from three. He's been a 40% shooter basically from three his entire year. And so he I can just really like, pass too. He's a great passer, great, like great at moving the ball in the Utah system. Is the question is like, I have no idea. I have don't watch enough jazz games to know if he's like, has enough defense. I can go to like basketball reference and say he has a positive defensive block box plus minus and has this many defensive wish years. I don't know what that means. But is he that is he Rudy Gay that much better of a defender than Georges Niang? Uh, yeah, probably. I'll, I'm, you're the expert. I'll take your word for it. I mean, I think that's uh, uh, also I think because Niang's young, he probably like he gets more money than the Celtics uh, are willing to offer. But I don't know. This is a dream list, so you're up number two. Uh, number two. So. Are we operating under the assumption that the Celtics signed my first target and now I'm using a veteran minimum? Or, or is this like no, no, all no. guys so that I'll like go Rudy after Gay, using the taxpayer? Using the taxpayer. Rudy Gay said no to you. Who's your next next guy on your list? Um, that's a good question. I think – so I would give Nicholas Batum a call, but I think that's a, a total long shot just because – the Clippers make a lot of sense for him. If he leaves the Clippers, I assume it'll be for more money. And the Celtics don't have that to offer. So Batum would make sense for the Celtics. He would fit in really well. He'll fit it, he'd fit in basically anywhere because he shoots threes, defends, and he's six eight and strong. Played center, like like can play. Yeah. He's not going to be your center just because of the roster, but can like guard sizable people and like yeah. good at that. Yeah. Yeah. So Batum would be like way up there for me if it was at all a possibility. But I'm going to just assume that that that's not a possibility. I'm going to go with Otto Porter. I, I, I really think the Celtics need a power forward. And if the power forward can shoot like Otto Porter can, then it makes a lot of sense. He Now, he was bad. At, like, like he was not good this past season, especially defensively. He was out of shape. Like his conditioning was really bad, and if he can't return to good conditioning and get in shape and use, you know, a more motivating situation to propel him back to being a, a useful player, then it could be bad signing. Um, but he's was, a he, was he hurt this year? Like why? Like did he? He only played three games after he was traded to the Magic. Did he just get the shut Magic down? Magic stunk, and they he just got shut they down. Had to, no to use for him. Badness. They had no use for him. And he wasn't, like I said, very good in Chicago. Um, but the man can shoot. Like, he's a career 40% three-point shooter, and he's six foot eight. And when he was in Washington, he was a helpful defender. So I kind of give him – I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because he's still 28, still young. It could be a bad signing, though. Like, that. that's kind of <laughs> – it's kind of like a, a one way or another. But I think he has some Batum potential where – he was not looking good in two situations that were not set up well for a guy like him, like a spot up shooter, um, a guy who was like long and smart and, and can defend multiple positions, at least theoretically. So in a better situation, a winning situation with, you know, mo more motivation to get in shape and stay in shape. I think that Otto Porter, his size and his shooting stroke could be, pretty pretty helpful like he, he's a he's a legit six foot eight and a legit 40 percent three-point shooter you don't see that very often 
in, in guys that will be available for probably pretty cheap. Um, if, if he is that cheap, then that would be a good fit. And I, I recognize, like I said, that that could be a bad signing. <laughs> Dude, I love that saying your second pick but, is but like, I just think high reward, baby. I just think the upside there, if he does get back in shape, um, then he's just a really good fit. And it, he's not like as physical as Rudy Gay. Um, so the defense maybe wouldn't be quite the same, but he, he's similarly long and can really, really shoot. I think the question, like, I have no idea what his market's going to be given his like last two years. Like, do you have to spend the full mid level on him? Is he going to be like, is he that much of like a six, eight, just like three and D guy that he's going to command that market? Or is he someone you can bring in on like kind of a bet that's, minimum where you don't have to make him your, I don't know, second target in free agency. That's a weird one. Um, because like two years ago, he averaged 14 and six and he obviously like he fits the, the physical profile of someone who teams should really want. But I suspect that teams will not want to load up big offers for him after seeing the way he played this past season uh, and that his market will be pretty low. I don't know if it'll be minimum. I don't know if it'll be taxpayer or mid-level exception. I don't know even if it'll be more than that just because he does fit the mold of like a guy that teams need and use. Um but I just think, like, in the right situation, he can probably still be useful. Now, you said the biggest things for Otto Porter. I, was, I feel bad about this Otto Porter. It was a terrible me. pick, especially because my pick. Your main selling points for Otto Porter was he was six foot eight and could shoot 40% from three. Uh, he was awful last year, got traded. How about a guy who's six foot nine and can shoot 40% from three and is one of the toughest people around and is from jay one of your favorite families talk about markeith morris i mean one of the celtics lack last year was like that kind of fight that tenacity that intensity i loved every uh, minute of the marcus morris experience i think markeith's a little bit worse i would love to have marcus morris back i like luke a lot but markeith is a big tough guy who can shoot threes that's exactly what i feel like we're looking for can he shoot threes 40% 40% from the 40% last year. Markeith? You looked at the wrong Morris brother, bro. Uh, you, you I was looking two- at regular field goal percentage, not three-point field goal percentage. Yeah. Oh, man. that I already locked it in in the spreadsheet, So, but that's a bad look for me. That's that's awful. Yeah. Sheesh. The he problem was, with Markeith. He was close to 40% uh, when he was with the Pistons two years ago, but he has not been anywhere close to that. Wow, we we struck out on uh, round two there. Me and you, just awful picks. Yeah, I, but but we're, we we both agree on what the Celtics need, and, and we're both trying to target guys that fit the It's the be mold. above 6'8", and play a little defense, and sh- sh- like shoot threes a little bit. Be able yeah. to hit a corner three. And and you're a veteran who won't screw up a lot. Like, the Celtics, they don't need a superstar. If they could get a reasonable power forward on the free agency market with their taxpayer mid-level exception, that could really help. Now, I don't, I don't know if they necessarily need to find that on the free agent market. They still have $11 million of the Gordon Hayward trade exception. They could go after a guy like Kyle Anderson. They could go after a guy like Larry Nance Jr. They could, they could target this type of player in a different way, um, and that could free them up to, 
to look for different types of guys on the free agent market, but we both ag- we both agree that that type of player is is really important for them to to add this offseason. Yeah, it's something they can maybe try to get with a, a Hayward trade uh, Hayward Trayward exception trade exception. Well, though, good talking. Um, but if you look at the free agency class at forward, it's just not great. I mean, you it's like Andre Iguodala's old Kelly. Can you Ray, read one, that? Oh, I guess it's on your computer. Screen. It's on my second screen, which is much larger in front of me. But it's just not a very good thing. So this is something they might target with the uh, trade exception. And um, but you're right. It's it's a clear size, three point shooting, anything with toughness. I think is uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, but after that, there's like not a great market. So I think maybe that's a good uh, reason why is like because the forward market is so bad, and it feels like there's a lot more talent at the point guard position. Maybe that's where you use your mid level exception instead. And so does that factor into your decision making when you go with uh, your third pick? Yeah, I, I think. I don't know if he'll be available for the Celtics, and you I can't, definitely you can't say that before every single free agent. Every single well, one these, of your these picks. are the top three. These are the top three. I'm not going to go after veteran minimum scrubs with the top three. Um, Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So the, the player... Like I don't know if this guy's a good fit, but he's good and he would help the Celtics and he would bring them toughness and passing and and defense. I'm going with TJ McConnell here. Ooh, are you sure him and um, Fast PP can be in the same backcourt? No, um, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> and and in a lot of ways, McConnell is like opposite of the type of player I think the Celtics need. But I also think after losing Kemba Walker, like having another veteran point guard who can make plays and and handle the ball and cr- handle some of the creation responsibilities could be really important. And McConnell, obviously, like he doesn't have the three-point shooting you would want from a top playmaker. But... His stats are ridiculous, by the way. He shot 58% from two-point range this past season as a six-foot-one white boy. Who does that? Like, what kind of maniac does that? 
So, and then he led the league in steal rate, which is also impressive. Um, and I just think, like, he's not the right fit. <laughs> he can't play <laughs> next to he can't play next to Pritchard. Maybe he could, um, but you could play him next to Smart. You could play him behind Smart. You and he's just good. And and so I think like that would be prioritizing getting a good player to Boston rather than just getting exactly what the Celtics need. Um, and I just think McConnell, because he's seen as a career backup, could potentially slide to the price range that the Celtics have, even though like his this past season he was pretty good. Yeah, I think like solid backup point guard, like he is very good at that role, change of pace guy, like someone you have faith in giving the basketball when your primary point guard's not in there. Um, I think the one takeaway is that, like, is the three-point shooting. Like, I think that's what makes Peyton Pritchard, like, a pretty attractive prospect is that yeah. he can knock down shots off ball. Um, and I also think there's a level to Pritchard's game as a playmaker that we just didn't see during his rookie season. Like, I, I think there's, there's another – there are many layers to his game that he just didn't feel comfortable showing off as a rookie um, and maybe he'll be ready to do that his second year. Maybe that will take a while to develop. Um, and maybe McConnell would stunt his development. So maybe this is just a bad, bad idea to begin with, but Jay, you gotta have confidence in some of the picks. These are your top five targets. Here's the thing. When you're lo- trying to spend $5.9 million in free agency, the options typically are not very good. The Celtics had the full mid-level last year and came away with Tristan Thompson. Their other free agent signing was Jeff Teague, who did very little. Like the, it should be the Price is Right sound. That's not the Price is Right sound. Why can't I think of it? You guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, the Price is Wrong, bitch. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah. So, it's it's tough to find guys that will definitely help at, at that price range. And so, I, I think, like, I'm not going to be sold on any of these guys. But it can be super important to hit on somebody like this. Like, you look at the Clippers, they hit on Reggie Jackson, and it mattered so much. You look at the Suns, they hit on Cameron Payne, and it mattered so much. You look at the Celtics, even a couple of years ago, they hit on Daniel Tice, and that mattered a lot. Like, if if you do hit on these type of acquisitions, whether it's veteran minimum, $5.9 million trade exception, it can matter. And on the, the other hand, like the Celtics got Vincent Poirier for more than the veteran minimum on, in a year that Dwight Howard was sitting there and had to sign a non-guaranteed salary. So you can go wrong with, with these types of contracts too. It's so almost it's, like evaluating basketball players and their fit is a difficult position. There's only 30 people in the league who are tasked with doing that. And the Celtics have a brand new guy in charge, so we'll see how he operates. My third pick is strictly a vibes pick. It's a, a ring chasing pick. It's a, I just enjoy watching this guy get buckets. Carmelo Anthony seems like a very toxic situation there in Portland. I don't know if he's want to be there. I don't know if he wants to. He clearly wants to go get a ring. I think just a, a I just a huge would fan. Would Boston of be the place where he would go to get a ring? Not necessarily. Like, it's not his top choice, but what if the, the Nets have spent all their money on, uh, like, Boston It could give him 5.9. He's probably going to have to get a veteran minimum somewhere else if he really wants to go ring chasing. I just enjoy 
Carmelo Anthony getting mid-range buckets. I think it's just a good old uh, time. Doesn't help you on the defensive end uh, really at all, but he can shoot the ball and it's Carmelo Anthony. And that's just fun for me. It's purely a vibes thing. I like, I don't, I don't even really think of him as a Nick. I don't have animosity. I like, he's just a legend at this point. And um, I like bringing in legends uh, on the uh, like final seasons of their career. Hand up. I was very wrong on Carmelo a, a couple of years ago when he came back in the league. I thought he was done. I thought he could never reshape his habits to be a role player. And he hasn't totally reshaped his game. Like he's still doing a lot of the same stuff he did back when he was a superstar. I don't think he totally fits what the Celtics need because he's not a very good defender. Um, he's not someone who's going to facilitate good ball movement. He kind of. Yeah, but he gets buckets. I thought if anyone, if anyone could appreciate that, it'd be you. I, I appreciate buckets, but I also appreciate good basketball. And when Carmelo plays good basketball, he can be helpful. He changed. He his can be helpful point. anyway. He like, so his first year in Houston, his three point attempt rate was like 28%. And he changed that to 42% last year. Like if he's just taking a lot more threes, I talked about his mid range, but as just like a spot up guy, like in the shoot, like who can get his own basket. You're right. Ultimately we're debating about what the, this will be the 11th guy on the team on the roster. Like hopefully that this person isn't being super I mean, important. You So hold on. You want your top free agent target or, in this case, your third free agent target to be just the 11th man on the roster? I don't, but if we're talking about power, like, wait, you have the starting five, which I, and this is assuming Fournier comes back, a smart Jalen Tatum. Are you putting Fournier in the starting lineup and then Al Horford or Al Horford, then Robert Williams? Then you have Tristan Thompson, Peyton Pritchard, Romeo Neesmith. Are you like bringing in a guy who's going to get minutes over? I guess the Neesmith Romeo uh, situation, like, is that who you think for these kind of top targets? Uh, yeah, yeah, that would like, but that's yeah. what that's still that's still but, the but eighth, also, that's still the eighth or ninth guy on your uh in your rotation. Also, I, I think like with a player like Carmelo, it's just he'd be a different type of guy, you know, like like we said, a six eight guy with physicality. And the Celtics don't have dudes like that right now, unless you consider Jabari Parker, who who knows if he'll be back. So I forgot completely about Jabari Parker. Do you think they re-sign him? Do you think he like showed enough on offense? I don't think he showed enough. Um, That's coming from the biggest the, uh, Jabari Parker fan out here in the Celtics podcasting. The the key for him will be showing that he can put in the work this offseason to kind of get back to the type of athleticism, the type of speed that, that he used to have, or get closer to that um, because he needs to be better and to improve defensively to the point where he can stay on the court. Obviously, they had him in ISO against Kevin Durant and stuff, and he didn't look totally <laughs> totally out of place compared to the rest of the guys, but the Nets also tortured everyone on the Celtics during that series. So, yeah, I, I think – He's got to prove something this offseason to the Celtics to to be able to stick around. Even though he, he is, like we said, like in the mold of this type of guy that they need. Although he's not a, a good defender. So not exactly. Um, oh, who's right. your fourth pick that you don't really believe in and might not be a fit? Can you uh, scroll down a little bit? Who am I going to go with here? 
I mean, there's some obvious ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Fuck it. We're going Kellyolinic. Kelly Oh, the clinic. The pride of Cam Luke. We're going Kellyolinic. Can uh, he play like he's such a good small ball five? Can he play the four? Is the big question. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, and, and that's why he's really shouldn't be on this list. Um, probably. It's almost like the Celtics are shit out of luck when it comes to free agency. No, no, I, I think I think any of the guys on this list could be helpful players. I think Kelly Linick is a helpful player. I think his shooting, his skill level is just different for a big man. It's and it can in the right situation really help a squad. Um I don't because and, and maybe if like in a in a scenario where the Celtics trade Tristan Thompson. Ooh, now you're speaking my language. And and they need a third big third center like Kelly Olynyk makes sense. Their offense would be probably very good with Kelly Olynyk on the court, and you know that he's the type of player that they didn't have last year. They will now with Horford with the pick and pop. But you know Kelly, at least in the regular season, he can probably play at least a little four, um, and Horford could probably play at least a little four during the regular season. But I think both those guys are primarily centers, and Olynyk, it's like. How much do you give away defensively while to to add some stuff offensively? I, I still think he's helpful. Um, so I think he's great in the trade Tristan Thompson scenario because I just do think like the Celtics work best with having a kind of a five out pick and pop big. I mean, defensively, you talk about positional defense. People are always talking about him and in, in the tops of the league in terms of positional defense, his ability to take charges. I uh Given what they have at center right now, I just like you can't add, like it's a reason why well, like I love Daniel Tice, but I can't put him on this list just because we saw him play the four last year, and it just really is not part of his game. Um, but I do like the defense. I don't know. I'm, I might be talking myself about bringing in Daniel Tice, but I actually think he's going to be get more than five point nine million dollars a year because I think he's uh, probably better than that. And so he's a very enticing free agent. Oh, that's that was weak. I'm gonna go. Like, I just don't think they need a point guard. We talked about Hayden Pritchard and, like, having new levels to his game, and I'm just, like, really hesitant because I think he should be the backup point guard. Maybe you need someone to, like, push him, but, like, my initial thought is, like, you bring in someone like Patty Mills. Obviously, there's recency bias for seeing him cook the United States in that exhibition for Team Australia, but then it's, like, if you bring in a veteran person, you kind of feel like you have an obligation to bring in, like, to give that guy minutes, and I feel like you want to give – uh, Peyton Pritchard some room to grow because I agree with you he has uh, I think more to his game uh, and is just a solid shooter that kind of put around Tatum uh, I don't know I'm I, my, I just don't know who to go with at this point there's not a lot of great options but I think the, for me bring him back bring back the whole team Shemi Ojale come on down the guy knows the system he's exactly a giant dude he can play defense He's uh, automatic from three, basically. Semi-automatic is what the people call him. You can get him for cheap, and uh, he's a great locker room presence, a great guy, and I uh, I just – you need a scapegoat too. Uh, I think a lot of people are, get upset with Shemi on Twitter, and he bears the brunt of that burden. Uh, I just like seeing a friendly face around. So I'm going with uh, just bring back Shemi. 
the the Shemi pivot. I didn't anticipate that. I don't know who on this list is really that much better at, given at that position than Shemi Oshley. Like who, going, we, who we haven't already picked yet. I'm going with a wild card. Ooh. Jonas Jarebko. Oh, talk about bringing the team back together. He's not even still in the league. Doesn't matter. Jonas Jarebko. That's a great pick. I like that the final picks are just former Celtics. Kelly Olenek and Jonas Jarebko. And if I had to go any further, it'd probably be like Tyler Zeller, Amir Johnson, Jared The big Soldier. dog. Oh, man. I miss the big dog. Jonas Jarebko for obvious reasons. I think I'll just finish out the list by uh, saying Brad Wanamaker. I mean, if you need a solid and sturdy guard uh, to come in, not going to take minutes away from uh, Peyton Pritchard. Like, obviously, there's a hierarchy there on the veteran minimum. Uh, was able to learn from a half a year uh, under the tutelage of Nick Friedman in Charlotte. I think, like, all the signs are here for a reunion. I just think it makes the most sense. Uh, bring back Wanamaker. He's, he's the classic third guard. That's exactly what you need him to be. He's very solid. He's very sturdy. Uh, and in transition, he uh, makes the right decisions every time. Now, William Jones says, bring back Yabu. I'm all for it. I'm, I'm a huge Yabu fan. Yabu's on the French national team with Vinny, with Evan Fournier. France is a sneaky big Celtics team if you want a second team or a first team to, uh, to root for the, in the Olympics. So Yabu's an honorary uh, member of this list, but um, I, I don't think he's uh, actually going to make it back to the NBA anytime soon. Yeah. Sorry, Yabu. Unfortunate. I, I think the problem with this list is that we both agree that point guard should not be their top option. And so you wrote a whole article, but we only ended up picking – you only picked one point guard. Like, I just don't – I think Patty Mills could be – like, he's a very good offensive player. He's a very good shooter. I think his off-ball movement would just spice up the Celtics. It would just give them a totally different look, totally different feel. They wouldn't be stagnant like they were sometimes last season. But like you said, like they need to get more versatile. They need to get more size. I don't think point guard should be a priority. But I also think they should end up adding another point guard somehow. Like they're going to need another ball handler. And maybe that could just be like, Put Fournier at the position. Put Jason Tatum at the position. Like Marcus Smart, Peyton Pritchard, those guys are going to play a lot of – but you need a third point guard to, to me. Um, so it doesn't have to be necessarily a, a very good point guard. It could be a veteran minimum guy. Hopefully they, they make some sort of impact. But it doesn't have to be like a McConnell or a Patty Mills where you're, you'd have to give the full taxpayer mid-level to even have a chance at one of those guys. I, I would suspect – um, but yeah, like, and, and the thing about it is how much do the Celtics value Peyton Pritchard's development? Because I think if they do sign one of those point guards, especially a smaller point guard like McCall or Mills, the fit just wouldn't be right for him. And, but at the same time, those are probably two of the guys who would be among the better players that the Celtics could target. So we'll see. We will see. I think that's also a question for bringing in someone at the forward position is like, how much do you bring in a veteran guy who can come in and give you 15, 20 minutes off the bench? Or how much do you play Romeo and Neesmith and like 
are trying to get them to develop knowing that they're not going to like be as consistent just given their age, but they like have more upside Neesmith energy out of a cannon. So like, what do you, I think it's like, it's interesting how much do you value development right now? Uh, given this wit, like the window we have with Tatum well, and Brown it's like, is it win now mode? Do we bring in a veteran or do we like play these guys hoping that they can eventually be that like perfect bench player, like role guy, like maybe two years from now. And, and obviously we haven't even really discussed, you know, if, if they don't bring back Evan Fournier, that changes the needs. And then all of a sudden you're not just looking for a four who can just stand still, shoot threes and defend, or you're not just looking at, you know, a, a smaller ball handler. You need more wings at that, at that stage. Um, so that's a, that's a big variable right now that, that we didn't really discuss. Um, if, if they can bring Fournier back, then, then their needs are a little different. And, and I don't, I honestly don't think that, uh, a guy like Rudy Gay or Otto Porter Jr. or Markeith Morris would, would really step on the minutes you'd want to be giving to Aaron Neesmith or Romeo Langford. Like to me, those guys are, you know, smaller wins where I think the Celtics, what they lacked last season, one thing they lacked last season was like just a a versatile four with with more size than Tatum and Brown who could space the court and and still hold up defensively against bigger options. And I, I think that type of player just would free the Celtics to put Brown and Tatum on different types of matchups, would free them to be more versatile, more physical, and all things that they need. So that should be their priority to, to me beyond like re-signing. Re-signing Fournier needs to be – that's important as, as long as it's the right type of deal. Um, obviously, there are, there are other things to accomplish this summer, whether it's negotiating – Robert Williams contract extension, whatever, but that that type of player they need to add somehow, either by free agency or the the trade exception. Maybe we'll do the uh, the trade exception top five rankings next week. But uh, Ooh. to go over our list, Jay and Rudy Gay, Otto Porter, T.J. McConnell, and then I guess we got a little silly with Kelly Olynyk, Jonas Derebko. I had George's Niang, who I still like. I don't know if they're going to be able to afford him. Markeith Morris, who I read his three-point percentage incorrectly and thought he was a 40% three-point shooter, but that was actually from 2%, which is not as good. Carmelo Anthony, and then bringing back the boys, Shemi Ojale and Brad Wanamaker. Tweet at us. Tell us who had the better list. Uh, I think it was me, but I also think we also we both – I think we both lost here. I don't think either of us really created a, a fantastic list. Jay, this is going to be a choose-your-own-adventure. Um do you either want to hear the dilemma I have while playing pickup or do one of those spend $15 on the all-time Celtics team? Let's hear about your pickup dilemma first. Okay, last week, uh, I'm hooping and uh, just get on new like new team, get on this get, like with this guy. He's pretty good. He's got some handles, can knock down threes. Uh, but all of a sudden, he starts missing threes and starts screaming at uh, his teammates to offensive rebound, where it's just like, Clearly, he's frustrated that he didn't make the shot and is, like, trying to blame someone else. He just eventually starts just, like, totally not, like, engaging with the game and getting frustrated, not running back on defense whatsoever, like, literally staying at the opposing three-point line. Basically ruins the game for uh, everyone playing there. Uh, but we managed to fight back, and he hits the game-winning three. 
Ooh, and so love that. Like he can shoot. Love like he is twist. a baller. Like he like so he hits the game winning three. Like my teammates and I were like trying not to pass him the ball, but at some point you just got to do it. So then we play the second game. Two of my teammates quit and refused to play uh, again with him. They're like, no, he's terrible. I hate it. And I wish I could have done that. I wish I had the balls to do it. But we play again. He again play makes us play four on five. He even gets more upset. So fast forward to yesterday. He's back on the court. Do I play with this guy again? Like, do I like and put myself into a game when I know this guy is a awful, awful like guy to play pickup with? Like, luckily in the first game we were shooting like for like first five to make. He made it first, so I missed my shot intentionally, so I didn't have to be on his team. But like, I just don't want to play basketball with this person anymore. Like, what do I do in that situation? Well, here's your problem. Did you address it when it first happened? Yeah. No, yelling at him. Did you call him a dickhead? Did you tell him? Like what? What was the response when he first? Nothing. He went. just kind of uh, just kind of ignored it. I was like, "Are you like?" He would yell at me to offensive rebounds. Like, get back and play defense. People quit on him. Like, you know how rare it is for someone to win a game at pickup and then say, "No, I don't want next." Like, he was fairly clear what was happening. While we were like making teams the other day, like people were audibly saying, "Like, I don't want to play on that guy's team." Here, here's what I would have done when I was still a good basketball player. I would have said, I would I would have made it after he made it, and then said, "But I'm not playing with this guy." <laughs> but like, he doesn't go back on. I would have made a show of it. I would have made a show of it. I would have pointed out that he's an asshole, and hopefully that would have been enough to to steer him in the right direction. I see. I wish I had your swagger and confidence. I I don't speak basically when I like play pickup. I I'm a very loud asshole and like behind the microphone. But out in public, I'm probably like a pretty shy person. I would don't have the stones to be like one. I probably wouldn't make the shot. Two to just like publicly announce it, like fuck this guy. I need to like have. I'll join on if like the the better players on the court. But I don't feel like I have enough clout to determine who plays pickup at this run. Like I just I'm just the old guy playing with a bunch of like 24 year olds. I, I I steer clear of any sort of confrontation. Although, see, that's your problem. <laughs> this guy needs to be told he's an asshole or you should tell one of the one of the like big dogs on the court be like you got to you got to put this guy in his place because somebody's got to put him in his place you can't just let someone like that ruin your game day in and day out if it happens once whatever but if it's happening over and over fuck that guy it's just such an antisocial like it's like a pre-crime move like going to the courts knowing you're going to ruin the game for the nine other people you're playing with. It's just... It's, it's like exactly. when Andrew Bynum, remember that story of when he was at practice and just shooting up shots from wherever he got the ball? <laughs> like when you're messing around on 2K, just like immediately shooting. Yeah, like just launching threes from 75 feet, no matter when he touched the ball. It's sort of like that, except the pickup version. And I think someone eventually banished Andrew Bynum, right? You got you to gotta get rid of this motherfucker somehow. I'll do my best. All right. Do you want to quickly do the uh, the, uh, the $15 on the all-time Celtics, or should we save it for next week? Because I feel like it's going to be a pretty robust discussion, but unfortunately I have to go. Um, so I think it's a, a, something we let's, can – Also, there's a number of uh, uh, updates I needed to make to the roster. Let's let's tease it now. Let's talk about it, the updates to the roster. Week. Now, my friend – my brother's friend, Peach – Josh Goldstein sent me this graphic, and he's an old soul. He has real grandpa energy. 
And my one issue with it is that it has a lot of guys from the 1950s and 60s Celtics. And so I just don't – I don't fucks with them as much as I do the modern players. But let's go through it. Um, at the point guard position, $5, Bob Cousy. That feels uh, pretty standard. Uh, shooting guard, that is John Havlicek. Larry Bird, Kevin Garnett, and Bill Russell. $4, JoJo White, Sam Jones – Paul Pierce, Kevin McHale, Dave Cowens, Rajon Rondo, I think it's Bill Sharman. I was able to do uh, figure that out. Reggie Lewis, Jason Tatum, Robert Parrish. Then Those were the three dollar three dollar options. Two dollars. Uh, DJ Ray Allen, Satch Sanders, Tommy Heinsohn. Is that Ed McCauley? Like I just I that's don't probably know. easy Ed. I don't know who that man is. I, I can't really see the the video from your your screen is pretty pretty small. It's but that's gotta be easy yet. White guy with no number and yeah, two, he's a center too. It's gotta be easy yet. And then the one dollars are Tiny Archibald, Danny Ainge, Jalen Brown, uh, Cedric Maxwell, and Perk. And so what I wanted to do was put in Isaiah Thomas for Teeny Archibald. I like Teeny's great, but it was fifth in MVP voting, and I feel like he deserves to be on the list. I jokingly said Jay Crowder in for uh, Satch Sanders because uh, Jay Crowder is a finals legend. But I do think we need to get uh, Frank Ramsey out of here. Like, Marcus Smart, I think, should be in the $2 one, and you move Ray Allen up to $3, and you put Marcus Smart as your $2 shooting guard. Can we get Al Horford somewhere in here, too? Instead of uh, Easy Ed McCauley, I would absolutely agree. Yeah, we'll, we'll throw Al Horford in for McCauley. Shout out to McCauley, though. He he was nasty back in the day. He was back in the day, but he's also uh, no Al Horford. So I'm going to update this graphic. I'll tweet it out again, and then we'll have that debate um, next week. But um, I think it's a, it's a fun game. Normally with these things, it's like spend $15, and I just say I'll get everyone in the first and second rows, and then I'll have a deep team, 10 players. But for this one – I'll put some thought into it, and uh, we'll make it work. Uh, Do you know that Ed McCauley was an ordained deacon of the Catholic Church? That's pretty interesting. And co-authored the book, Homilies Alive, Creating Homilies That Hit Home. Wow, that's pretty interesting. I was, I'm just curious <laughs> about that. Um, is creating homilies at home potable? That's one and thing it's not. <laughs> I don't even though we potted about it, I don't think it's possible. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 